0: Magic Without Fears Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. The seventh day of Rudolf Steiner on the chemical wedding of Christian Rosenkreutz. After the artistic alchemical process is completed, Christian Rosenkreutz is named Knight of the Golden Stone one would have to enter deeply into a purely historical discussion to explain the name Golden Stone from the literature and point out its meaning and use. For more on that, see Antoine Fèvre, The Golden Fleece, and Alchemy. To enter this literature, some trustworthy but for the most part fraudulent, is not, however, the purpose of this article. We may nevertheless simply indicate some conclusions concerning the use of this name, derived from a reading of the literature. Those who have used the name the golden stone are to be taken seriously, Wish to indicate by this designation that one can observe dead stone nature in such a way as to grasp its relation to what is alive and evolving, Serious alchemists believed they could produce artificial processes of nature in which what is dead and of a stony character is used in such a way that, when rightly observed, something can be recognized of what goes on when nature herself weaves what is dead into what is living and evolving. Through the perception of quite distinct processes in what is dead, serious alchemists would grasp traces of nature's creative activity, and with it, the presence of the spirit ruling in the phenomena. The symbol for what is dead, but is recognized nevertheless as the revelation of the spirit, is the golden stone. Whoever examines a corpse in its essential actual nature recognizes how what is dead is gathered up into the general process of nature. The form of the corpse, however, protests against this general nature process. This form can only be the result of life permeated by spirit. The universal natural processes must destroy what has been formed by such spirit-permeated life. Alchemists believe that what ordinary human knowledge can grasp of the whole of nature is only as much as may be identified of a human being from a corpse. Higher knowledge should discover in a natural phenomenon what spirit is related to it in the sense that spirit-permeated life is related to the corpse. This is the striving for the golden stone. Andreas speaks of this symbol in such a way that he clearly means only those who have experienced what he describes as the six days' work can understand what to do with the golden stone. He seeks to show that anyone who speaks of it without knowing the nature of the transformation of the cognitive forces can have only an illusion in mind, In the figure of Christian Rosenkreutz, Andreas strives to describe a personality who can speak in an authoritative way about something that is often spoken of without authority. He wishes to defend the truth against what is wrongly spoken about, the search for the spiritual world. Christian Rosenkreutz and his companions, after they have become actual workers on the Golden Stone, receive a memento with the two sayings, Art is the servant of nature, and nature is the daughter of time. They are to work with these guiding principles out of their spiritual knowledge. The principles resume and exemplify their six days' experiences. Nature reveals its mysteries to those who can continue its creative work through their art. But one cannot succeed in this unless one has first listened to the meaning of nature's will in one's art, and unless one has recognized how nature's revelations arise through its infinite faculty of evolution, coming forth from the womb of time in finite forms of existence. In his connection with the king on the seventh day, we are shown how Christian Rosenkreuz, as a seeker of the spirit, now stands in relation to his transformed faculties of knowledge. We are shown how, as father, Rosenkreutz himself gave birth to these faculties of knowledge. Christian Rosenkreutz's relationship to the first gatekeeper is really a relationship to a part of his own being. In other words, a relationship to that part of his being which, as astrologer, searched for the laws determining human life but was unable before the transformation of his cognitive powers, to face a temptation like the one at the beginning of the fifth day, when Christian Rosenkreutz confronted Venus. Those who succumb to this temptation cannot gain entrance to the spiritual world. They know too much to be entirely shut away from it, but they cannot enter. They must stand guard before the door until another appears and falls victim to the same temptation Christian Rosenkreutz supposes himself to have succumbed and thus to have been condemned to take over the office of the watchman. But this watchman is a part of himself, and because he can convey it with his other transformed part, he is able to overcome it. He becomes the watchman of his own soul life. But this guardianship does not stop him from establishing free connection with the spiritual world. Because of his seven days' experience, Christian Rosenkreutz has become a knower of the spirit who, with the power conferred on him by his experience, can work in the world. What Christian Rosenkreutz and his associates accomplish in external life will flow from the spirit from which nature's own works flow. Through their work, they will bring harmony into human life that will depict the harmony of nature that is capable of conquering disharmony. The presence of such people in the social order is a continuously effective impulse toward a healthy way of life. When people ask what are the best laws for living together, for the social life of human beings on earth, Andrea points to Christian Rosenkreuz and his companions. To the question of the best laws, he answers that the social order cannot be regulated by ideas expressed in thoughts about how this or that should be done, but by what those who strive to live in the spirit that manifests itself through existence may say. What guides souls who, following Christian Rosenkreutz, wish to work in human life, is expressed in five sentences. 1. They should not think out of any spirit other than that which reveals itself, in the creations of nature, and they should see human works as a continuation of nature's works. 2. They should not place their work in the service of human impulses, but make those impulses mediate the works of the Spirit. 3. They should lovingly serve human beings, so that the creative Spirit could reveal itself in the relationship of one human being to another. 4. They should not allow themselves to be led astray from the value that the spirit confers upon all human labor by any value that the world can give. 5. They should not, like bad alchemists, puffers, fall into the error of confusing what is physical with what is spiritual. Bad alchemists believe that the physical prolongation of life and other similar objectives are the highest good. They forget that what is physical has value only when its existence properly manifests the spirit underlying it. At the end of the narrative of the chemical wedding, Andrea describes Christian Rosenkreuz's homecoming. In all externals he is the same as he was before his experiences. His new condition of life is different from the old only, in that henceforth he will carry his higher human within himself, as the ruler of his consciousness, and what he accomplishes will be what the higher human can effect through him. The transition from the last experiences of the seventh day to finding himself at home in his ordinary surroundings is not described. It says, here two or three pages are missing. One could imagine there might be people who would be especially curious about what these missing pages contain. Only those who have themselves undergone an individual experience of the transformation of their soul nature can know what those pages contain. Such people know that everything leading to this experience has a universal human significance that is communicated as one communicates the experience of a journey. What an ordinary person experiences is, on the contrary, something quite personal. It is different for everyone, and cannot be understood by another in the same way as by the one who has experienced it. That Valentin Andrea did not describe the transition into the ordinary conditions of life can serve as further proof that The Chemical Wedding expresses true knowledge of what it describes. And now, a word from our sponsors. The above exposition has attempted to describe what is expressed in The Chemical Wedding solely through a consideration of the content of this work as revealed to the author. It should confirm the judgment that in this writing published by Andrea the direction is shown that must be followed when anything concerning the true character of higher knowledge is to be known. And this exposition seeks to make clear that in The Chemical Wedding we have a picture of the special kind of spiritual knowledge demanded since the 15th century. For those who understand this document, as does the author of this exposition, it is a historical account of a European spiritual stream going back to the 15th century, a stream seeking to acquire knowledge about the relationship of everything that lies behind the phenomena of the external world. A fairly extensive literature exists concerning the work of Johann Valentin Andrea. Here there is much discussion as to whether his published writings can be regarded as actual proof of the existence of a spiritual stream of this nature. In these writings, this stream is said to be that of Rosicrucianism. Certain investigators consider the whole affair of Andrea and his Rosicrucian writings to be simply a literary joke intended to ridicule the sentimentality to be found wherever the mysteries of higher knowledge are discussed. From this point of view, this Rosicrucianism would be a fantasy picture created by Andrea for the express purpose of making fun of the wild talk of sentimentalists or of fraudulent mystics. The author of this exposition, Steiner, of course, however, considers it unnecessary to trouble his readers, With much of what is advanced in this way against the seriousness of Andrea's intentions, he is of the opinion that a correct study of what the chemical wedding contains affords sufficient basis for understanding what it means to convey. Evidence based on material other than these contents can have no effect upon this opinion. Anyone who recognizes the full weight of inner reasons will be convinced that outer documentary evidence should be valued according to inner reasons, and not that the inner should receive its value from the outer. Therefore, if what is said here takes its position outside the purely historical literature concerning Rosicrucianism, no adverse criticism of historical research is intended. All that is meant here is that the point of view taken in this exposition makes a full discussion of Rosicrucian literature unnecessary. Let me therefore add only a few remarks. It is a known fact that the manuscript of the chemical wedding was completed by 1603. It made its first public appearance in 1616, after Andrea, in 1614, had published his other Rosicrucian document, the Fama Fraternitatis, R.C., It was this publication, above all, that gave rise to the belief that Andreas spoke only in jest of the existence of a Rosicrucian society. This belief was later supported by Andreas' own statement that Rosicrucianism was not a thing he would have cared to defend. There is much in his later writings and in his letters to support the interpretation that his sole purpose was to invent stories concerning this spiritual stream for the mystification of fanatics and the curious. As a rule, in making use of such evidence, no heed is paid to what misunderstandings works like those of Andrea are exposed. What he himself later said about this can be rightly estimated only when one realizes that he was obliged to speak in that manner after enemies had appeared who severely condemned the spiritual movement as heresy, and that adherents had come forward who were fanatical or were alchemical swindlers distorting everything for which Rosicrucianism stood. But even if all this is taken into consideration, and one is willing to accept the idea that Andrea, who later seems to be a pietistic writer, showed himself, soon after the publication of the Rosicrucian writings, to be averse to owning, as his, what was communicated in those writings, one does not reach any solid conclusion on the relation of his personality to Rosicrucianism. Indeed, even if one is willing to go so far as to deny Andrea the authorship of the fama on historical grounds, one cannot deny him authorship of the chemical wedding. There is another point of view from which this matter must be considered historically. The fama fraternitatis appeared in 1614. We may, first of all, leave undecided whether with this work Andrea wished to approach serious readers in order to tell them about the spiritual path known as Rosicrucianism. But two years after, the appearance of the fama, the chemical wedding, which had been completed thirteen years before, was published. In 1603, Andrea was still a very young man, seventeen years of age. Are we to suppose that he was sufficiently mature to have started a ghost among the sentimentalists of his day by presenting them with Rosicrucianism, an image of his power of fantasy, as a sop for their mockery. Besides, if in the Fama, which was already being read in manuscript in Tyrol by 1610, Andrea wished to speak of Rosicrucianism in a serious way, how was it that as a quite young man he composed in The Chemical Wedding a document that he published as information concerning true Rosicrucianism two years after the Fama. In fact, the questions about Andrea seem to become so entangled that this complicates any merely historical solution. We should not be able to protest against any merely historical investigator trying to make it credible that Andrea may have lighted upon the manuscript, perhaps in possession of his family of the chemical wedding in the fama, that he published them for some reason in his youth, but later repudiated the spiritual bent expressed in them. Was this a fact, however? Why did Andrea not simply announce that this was the case? With the help of occult science, we can reach a totally different conclusion. There is no need to connect the chemical wedding with Andrea's age at the time he wrote it, nor with his powers of judgment, as far as the content is concerned, the chemical wedding shows that it was written through intuition. People can write down things of this kind with a certain aptitude for them, even if their own powers of judgment and experience in life take no part in what is written. Nevertheless, what is written down can convey full reality. On the basis of its content, one is compelled to accept the chemical wedding as a communication about a spiritual current that actually exists. The assumption that Valentin Andrea wrote it out of intuition illuminates his later attitude toward Rosicrucianism. Andrea's own path of knowledge found its development later when he became the pietistic theologian, whereas his spiritual receptivity that could reflect intuition receded in his soul. Later, he himself philosophized about what he had written in his youth. He did this as early as 1619 in his Turis Babel, Tower of Babel. The connection between the later Andrea and the youthful Andrea who wrote from intuition was not clear to him. If we consider Andrea's attitude toward what the chemical wedding contains in this light, we are obliged to keep in mind only what the document contains. Without relation to anything expressed by him at any time concerning his connections with Rosicrucianism. What it was possible to reveal about this spiritual stream in Andrea's day was presented by a person suited to do so. Whoever believes from the outset that it is impossible for the spiritual life, as it takes effect in the world phenomena, to be revealed in such a way as this, will certainly be constrained to reject what is said here. There may be people, however, who, without superstitious prejudices, will quietly consider the case of Andrea, and by it gain the conviction of the possibility of this kind of revelation. This completes our seven-day journey through Steiner's interpretation of the Chemische Heiraten von Christian Rosenkreuz, so I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Please go to magicwithoutfears.com and support the channel, and keep me going, doing more fun stuff with you guys. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature, as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, golden dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information, to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk hermetic science,